Welcome to another episode with the Market Dominance Guys, a program about the innovators, idealists, and the entrepreneurs who thrive and die in the high-stakes world of building a startup company. We explore in the cookbooks, guidebooks, and magic beans needed to grow your business. Everybody knows that the flow of discovery meetings is the constraint on their business. So states Chris Beal, CEO of Connect and Sell, as he and Corey Frank, our two market dominance guys, continued their interview with Matthew Forbes, head of strategic accounts at Connect and Sell. Together, they explore the epiphany that is behind Matt's recent four times uptick in his call to meeting ratio. So what is it that's increased that flow for Matt recently, and how can others adopt what he learned so they too can increase the number of meetings they set? I think we let people off the hook, Matt says, because they're busy. It's second nature to get apologetic or back down when the prospect starts making noises like, not now, or call back later. But Matt's epiphany about his true belief in the value of the discovery meeting and in the value of connect and sell for the person he's talking to has changed the way he delivers his message. You've got to have the right words, but the words only get you so far. As Matt explains, if you truly believe in what you're offering, your tone of voice will communicate that belief. As you'll hear in this week's Market Dominance Guys episode, this is what makes all the difference. <laughs> At my last company, I think, Chris, you were there a number of times. You walk in and one of the things I had on the sales floor was a big sign in all caps that said, no tourists. And we find in our profession that there's so many tourists who like to dabble. Well, I can get five grand across town on an extra base over here. Hey, they're paying an extra 12 points on a rip on a commission over here. I'm going to have, right. And you have these tourists who just kind of go and, and the products irrelevant. And so they're mercenaries, they're tourists. And because there's no barriers to entry in our profession, right? There's no MCAT or GMAT or LSAT. We had to go through, you have to go through an interview with another salesperson. Maybe there's a personality test right? We slide through and it sounds like the baseline, the table stakes is, can I convert 5% of my conversations to meetings? And for Matt, your client that you were mentioning, right? For that gentleman to do 28% versus five, they're doing over five times the headcount on one person. And then you combine that with the weapon (laughs) of connected cell, I mean, forget about that. I mean, you have an amplific effect here that is staggering. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I always enjoy Connect and Sell. I like talking to people every six or eight minutes and not doing any of the nonsense work. But I really liked it on Friday. Now, granted, there was a couple of dollars on a spiff on the line and I'm slacking everybody else and making fun of them because I've been here for nine years and I have that personality. And that was fun. But that was the most fun I've had on Connect and Sell in an awfully long time or ever. I think people would hear this and go like, oh yeah, okay, that's that sounds pretty cheesy. Like, yeah, next, oh, believe in your soul. Yeah, I believe, like, okay. You have to stop and inspect. I, I don't think I've ever spoken to any of my bosses or Chris or any CEO of any company and actually like sat down and reflected. I don't think I meant to. It just, I had a scotch, there was a fire and that's all I could think about for a couple hours was like, do you, like, you know, you do. It wasn't a question of whether I do or not. It's almost like the self-awareness of, no, no, you do. You really do. How come you're not coming from that place? And it was like, okay. And it, it, it's, I don't think it's so simple. And I think a lot of people are going to go, yeah, whatever. I can tell you right now, it's different. It's really, really different. And 
anybody who's willing to spend the time and reflect on that, even if you think you believe, really sit down, grab a scotch, maybe two. You might have to really <laughs> question yourself in a way that I didn't think I was going to. Again, I've been here for nine years. How could mm -hmm. I not believe, Corey? Come on, I'm sitting there telling Chris, like, oh, of course I believe, Chris. Don't be silly. And and I did, but I was unaware of of how deep that really was. So it's, I know, it's kind of hard to explain to people. A lot of folks would say a belief system is either based off of increased curiosity, or it's based off of outcomes, or that this epiphany is now that hey, you are truly in charge of your own future. Or as you had said, Matt, that uh, you grew an altruistic bone in your body overnight and you realize that you're a little bit of a savior, a prophet in your own world. And these folks desperately need it. Where would you say that that emanated from? Because you're selling the same product for nine years. You woke up one morning and you, you know. I think we let people off the hook. I think we talked to somebody and we have a conversation and we let them off the hook because they were busy or they did this or that or the other thing. And I, I don't think I let them off the hook. I think that my tonality in our opener was different. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. I mean, it was, I slowed it way down, <laughs> right? And I really hit those notes and it made a difference. And I don't, I think it would be an altruistic bone. It'd be a big bone, Corey, I'm six, eight. Um, I don't know <laughs> if it's necessarily that, but there's a little bit of that. Whoever I call, who has never heard of us should hear about us. Doesn't mean it's right for them. Doesn't mean they should run out and buy it or go do a test drive. I mean, as a sales guy, I suppose I hope they do, but truly they just need to hear about it. They just need to know that it exists. And that piece of me came out in the last week and it was growing. That's why I looked at those numbers, right? And the, and the Friday afternoon blitz, by the way, was, five meetings for 14 conversations in an hour and 45 minutes. I was looking at the whole week before, but I got to tell you five meetings. I mean, I got off the oh. phone and granted it was the most ridiculous day. I had actually made a LinkedIn post about it. I had eight or 10 meetings lined up. I mean, my brain was mush, but I got off the phone. I'm like, I, I know I booked two test drives. Life is good. I closed a deal and I said five meetings. It's a Friday. Like you gotta be kidding me. If I could do half of that every day of the week, I wouldn't be the number two guy. I'd be the number one guy. Maybe I will be the number one guy. Mm -hmm. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. Well, what's interesting to me about this is this, I went to kind of a new level with the whole question of the impact of belief. When one of our customers, a recent customer, and I don't know if he wants me to say his name, so I'm not going to say his name, but he's the chief development officer of a, of a big, big company. And uh, he and, and one of his people in his business that he works closely with really believe that nothing happens in business until somebody has a phone conversation with somebody. So we had done a test drive and halfway through the test drive, his team had produced zero meetings. That's okay in a connect and sell test drive, but it wasn't okay in this one for me. It just wasn't. There was something about it. With this kind of leadership, I just thought, ah, let's just... Let's just go ahead and introduce the breakthrough script a little tighter. You know, let's tighten it up a little bit. And so I went through a mini messaging workshop with them in the middle of the test drive at lunch. And they set five meetings in the afternoon, and that was nice. And afterwards, they said, well, we, we're big. We want to buy a lot. Like, we want to buy a quarter million dials a month. And I said, no, 
You're not good enough. You're not good enough. I listen to your people and they're good. There's a lot of talent, but you guys could do better. And I, I really want you just to take a little flight school, $9,500. Let's put six people through flight school. Choose your six best and let's see what, what we can do. Let's make a shining star. And so that shining star will sustain us as we go through the difficulties of bringing in something new because we'll know what can be done, right? So we went ahead and did that. Here's what surprised me. The chief development officer was the lead user in the flight school. And he called me one day and I was out for, I guess what, a barefoot run up in Port Townsend, Washington along Discovery Bay. And he said, Chris, I I just had kind of an epiphany. And I said, what is it? And he said, I just realized that I don't believe sufficiently in the potential value of the meeting for this person to insist that they take the meeting. So I'm going to shift my mindset right now. I'm about to get on. Now get this. I mean, this guy's a big, big dog at a big company. He gets on Connect and Sell with his team and leads from the front, always, 100% of the time, including when he's in airports and all sorts of things like that. He says, I'm going to get on. I'm going to see what happens with a mindset like that goes like this. It is wrong of me. It is my failure to help somebody if I allow them to not take a meeting, take 15 minutes of their life to hear what it is that we've discovered. And he called me back in 35 minutes, four for four. Since then, he's converted 78.5% of his conversations to meetings. 78%. Now, 78.5%. 78.5%. Now, he does some other things, though. He believes so much in this that it, he doesn't insist that they super commit to the meeting, just that they will accept an invitation because he's going to pour those invitations back into Connect and Sell and talk to them if they don't attend the meeting. So he, he believes so much that he's even going to let them off the hook and put them back on the hook. And, and eventually talk to him. He's patient about it. Mm. So his, uh, his show rate, his net show rate is 85%, which is remarkable. We all know that net, getting net show rates above 75% is quite challenging. Right? So it's a, it's, it's a kind of funny act of faith to say, I'm not going to insist that you swear in blood that you're going to come to the meeting. I'm just going to go ahead and we agreed that you're going to come to the meeting and I'll send you the invitation. And by the way, I'm busy. I got something to do. Boom, I'm out of here, right? So it's it's very interesting when you see this point of view taken to the extreme. And this guy's an extremist. I played golf with him the other day, and I got a picture of what that really means. So he's an extreme kind of guy, right? And he expresses this in the insistence mindset that goes to the meeting, through the meeting, and forever. And it's all about making sure that this person has a shot at learning something that will change their life or might change their life. And I really think that's, that's not what we teach in sales. No. It's just not. No one talks like, who, who talks like this? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. This is, turns out this is actually the stuff that really matters. You got to have the right words, no doubt. And we're really good at teaching people the right words, Chris, at this point. But this is definitely... The next level. This is the, well, the other side of the card, right? Is that the words yeah. are get you so far, Matt, right? But it's, I think today's customers want more than just a talking brochure. And yes. a brochure doesn't necessarily have belief. Um, we've talked about this, Chris. How many bits of information are in an email? How many bits in a brochure? How many bits in a website versus how many bits in a conversation? 
and how many even more bits to get to this elusive 600,000 bits to trigger that trust factor RNA insistence minded, a belief minded uh, conversation. Um, and I think that that they want to feel that connection, that part of the that that as Oren, our previous guest, talked about this, right? Can you introduce enough skepticism where you understand that you have the their care and feeding of the bind process is a, is acknowledged. They're looking for signals that it's safe to engage in you in a dialogue. All that thing goes into this this thing of of trust here, and it and it sounds like with the right tone, Matt that you've established and Chris and what, uh, what this gentleman does for the 78.5% is, could you argue you as a scientist, Chris, that the level of entropy, if you will, if I nail the screenplay and if I nail the tone, my variables of entropy are dropping significantly. Right. And I'm making this a whole heck of a lot less complex than it needs to be. Yeah. I think you're taking variability out for the prospect. And that's what they need. They need, Oren says this all the time, the prospect needs certainty. They need certainty and certainty comes from the removal of uncertainty because nothing generates more uncertainty than being cold cough. I mean, that's a lot of uncertainty, which way this thing's gonna go. And so what do you do? You seek certainty by getting out of the call with your self-image intact. And if that's the starting point. We always go back to that ambush moment where the problem at hand is you. You are the problem. And by the way, believing that and believing that that's good, most reps never get past that. Believing that it's the greatest thing in the world that you are the problem, you, the calling rep, are the problem, that that is the rock that you stand on, that you are the problem. It's like there are different sorts of religious beliefs out there, right? There's all sorts of foundations of religion. There's one that starts with the notion that birth, sickness, old age, and death there they are. That's bedrock. Now what? Right? That's how Buddhism works. And you can't kind of say, well, no, I'm not going to be born. I'm never going to be sick. I'll never get old, never die. No. So there's good bedrock there, right? Sure. So the fear that the ambushed party has of you, the invisible stranger who's ambushed them, and the certainty that what they want, they all want the same thing, to get out of this call with their self-image intact. That's what they're looking for, right? We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Connect and Sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to 10 times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their impossible Whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. And your willingness to accept that position in their service. This is the problem when I tell people, this is what you need to accept. And they go, okay. And they try to trick themselves into it. I'll try to, I'll try to make some mental tricks happen. It's like, no, the why behind it is in their service, because you truly believe in the potential value of the meeting that you're offering in all circumstances, including the one that you'll say six minutes in, this, there's no reason for you to continue to even learn this. Sure. Sure. Even that one, because it's potential value, not certain value. You need, if you want to offer the reduction of uncertainty for somebody else, you have to eat a massive uncertainty, massive amount of uncertainty for yourself. That's the service that you're doing. 
you eat the uncertainty so that the prospect doesn't have to experience uncertainty. That's the essence of sales. That is what you do. You gobble up uncertainty and you endure the pain of the uncertainty so that the other person can advance towards the unknown and make it known. That's what you're doing as a salesperson. That's the fundamental core act of sales. And yes, you're right, man. People don't talk like this, but if they're serious about the stuff they do talk about, they talk about winning, they talk about putting up big numbers, they talk about killing it, crushing it, blah, 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 blah. If you're really serious about that stuff, you kind of owe it to yourself to look at how human beings really work. Right. Yeah. 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 Hustle porn is a, is a dangerous thing and it has absolutely no nutritional value. I <laughs> like the old fruit stripe gum. Remember we used to have as kids, right? You just go through a whole pack because you take a couple of bites and all of a sudden the sugar is long gone. It looked good. It smelled good, but yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have it for dinner. And the, the study of biophysiology and why people have their bones in their nose and why paints left and right and all the stuff that we talked about, Chris, right early on in our episodes. I think that's the key to kind of discovering this part of the craft that fortunately it's, it's, it's tough. Those are tough truths. Those are tough truths, Chris, that you had mentioned. I think you'd agree with me, Matt, that, that I am the bearer of this uncertainty. I have the burden of this uncertainty. I willingly do it every day as a cold caller. Right. Our colleague, Ryan Reeser, right, I think is one of the unsung heroes of our profession for eating the frog every day publicly. And James Thornburg, yeah. like the granddaddy, the king of cold calling himself, right, what he does every day. And, and it's folks like that who are pushing sales thought leadership beyond just a, I love Uncle Zig Ziglar, right, but beyond just <laughs> fire up in the morning or, or Gary V video, so. Well, I, I tell you, while we were talking, I looked at some of the other guys on my team. Was this just me? Was this just an aberration? This just happened? Is this going to go away next week? I'm getting my second COVID shot on Thursday. Like, <laughs> will I wake up on Monday and not be able to set meetings? Oh, my God. So here's the story. A rich, great guy, great sales guy. Last year, book meetings at 8%. Rich, hopefully you don't care that I said that. Rich on Friday after going through flight school. Now, does Rich believe what I believe in my soul? I don't know. But he went through flight school and they changed his tone. They changed how he was attacking the script. He went from 9% on Friday, Rich book meetings at 28.6%. Insane. So it's not just me. Mark Hodgson, 7.5% last year. Mark Hodgson, 19%. Does not suck when all you're talking about is going through a flight school and having someone talk to you about the psychology of the script you're already using and what's important and why. And then I think what I, I think what yes. I came to was sort of that next level piece of it. But yeah, I think you, I, I think you in Chris's perspective, I think you can manufacture this stuff. I think you really can. So manufacture it, meaning if I had a new, if you had a new team of BDRs that are starting under you, Matt, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Chris, um, and uh, I can learn product. I can even learn, again, the, the, the breakthrough script, screenplay, the 27 seconds. What's the piece that I absolutely positively have to show up for that from an atomic weight perspective has more to do with eliciting that extra three, five X that Mark and Rich, top shelf sales folks for sure, that, that they got out of this thing? What would you say it would be? Yeah. It's the flight school. I mean, Donnie Crawford, 
explaining the psychology. I mean, it's our script for heaven's sakes. We should know this stuff. For, I mean, come on. I mean, we do all these, we do these things all the time for our customers, but to really sit us down and say, here's why you say this word. I wasn't even on the first flight school. I was in Florida on vacation. I said, okay, honey, I'll go back. I'll watch the call. It'll be an hour. It was over two hours. I think it was two and a half hours of Chris just talking about the script and spending 20 minutes on why did we say this word and here's what it means and here's the reason and the why behind it and let's get into it and why not that word here's this and just going through that process and understanding that makes a huge difference and really coming in vocally i'm not going to say that everybody faked it the sure. tonality piece i think we changed their tonality piece but i think that's one step closer to, yeah, I'm not letting you off the hook, not because my boss is watching, not because I wanna book a meeting and it's good for me, but because it's good for you. The words Chris has used, I mean, it's Chris. I mean, I have to listen to these podcasts twice. I work for the guy, right? <laughs> but Chris, what do you always say? The, the potential value of the meeting for, for the person you're talking to, like that means very little to me as a sales guy. I, I've heard that a lot. And I think this is part of it. Matt, because we see, we see meetings as a sales guy, we see them as a, a form of currency. It's a, a form it's, of validation, of, right? That's you pay your mortgage off for the meetings. And, and sometimes we forget to have that empathy on the other side, I believe. So. A hundred percent, right? But I just never really dug deep. And like, and do you really believe that? And this is what I say to my, in their soul. Why does that guy 28 and the other guy is 10, my customer? Because one guy bleeds green. That's the only possible reason because the second you start talking about what you do and you use category language on a cold call, you're off the cold call. You're going to get, I'm all set all day long. That's just how cold calling is. So it's not product knowledge, right? It's literally one guy bleeds green and does not let the other guy off the, off the phone. And not, a, not in a Jordan Belfort way, not like that, but he really believes that he's going to help that school because that's who he calls because mm -hmm. he does. And a uh, man, if anybody's listening and they can get their team to that, you just bought yourself double the amount of inside sales reps you have. Oh, at least they're going to book out two X for sure. sure. Absolutely. You have to fall in love. It sounds like what, what you're saying is Chris, you've, we've talked about this too, is can you fall in love with your craft? Can you fall in love with, with the individual nuances of your craft? I, I don't own a Ferrari at this particular moment, but I took <laughs> Ferrari tour when I was in Italy. And I, and it's not a big factory for those uh, who are listening, who've taken the fact, but every aspect from the stitching mm. to Enzo Ferrari's vision that he really didn't even want a radio in the first couple of Ferrari versions, because it would diminish the sound that you hear when you are shifting from second to third to fourth. That was music enough for Enzo Ferrari. What do you want to pollute it for by listening to Drake, right? <laughs> it's that if you don't buy a Ferrari to get from point A to point B, you are a true connoisseur of the craft of motor racing, of motor movement, of engineering excellence. And to hear the shifting and the nuances and the horsepower, you are falling itself and you're falling in love every time you downshift or you hit that, that clutch. And, and I think that from our profession to, to almost... Matt, you almost said, you sound like you're describing an out-of-body experience where you separated yourself from Matt, listening to Matt while Matt is delivering the phone call and you're able to judge yourself in real time and correct, in, if needed, in real time 
um, an out of body truly experience. And, and I think that's, uh, that's clearly you don't, I can see getting from seven to eight in a couple of days, maybe your list, right. Yeah. goes through hits in the jet stream and you get to 10, 11%, but to have top shelf rep after top shelf connoisseur go to 27, 28%, yes. let alone 78%. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's something in the water. Yeah. There is. It's listening to Chris for two and a half hours and then actually <laughs> listening to Chris. I can't yeah. believe I actually listened to Chris like deep down inside. And yeah, you listen to Chris, but you can, you can hear Chris or you can listen to Chris. Yeah. Two different, two different <laughs> as we it might be the first time I've ever heard him. I don't know. We'll see. It's well, listen, I don't know how many hundreds of hours I've had to listen to Chris in the last couple of years. <laughs> but we won't, now that we're up against the clock and we're going to get the hook on time here any minute. So I think everybody is done listening to, certainly well past done listening to me. Matt, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. A journey of promise now, I'm sure, that you, the, the way you made money, the way you serviced your clients in the reciprocal way that you make money, last year, last month, is the enemy of how you make money today and yeah, going I, forward. I believe that. Right? Yeah. And that is the villain of meandering, touristy. You don't have nine years of experience. You have one year, nine times, right? Or you have six months, 18 times. Like a lot of us go in and out of love. And I think you found this secret portal to basically do the the cloning of four mats over the period of a Friday afternoon. So it's like 1,200 pounds. That's a lot of mats. I mean, let's be clear. That's a that's lot. like 30 feet, six point, what are you, six, eight, right? So that's like six, 30 eight. I mean, as far as tonnage goes, it oh, was a mats. very productive Well, day. if it doesn't work out, you could probably get a job at a circus. So that's the one thing. Oh, I'm, I'm, my middle name is Carney. I mean, that's uh, enough said, right? I mean, there you go. That's right. Well, beautiful. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Matt. This is another episode of the Market Dominance, guys. Thanks for... Today's show is also brought to you by UncommonPro.com. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer or investor is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's really time to go big, you need an uncommon methodology to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. Through a modern and innovative sales and scripting tool set, we offer a guiding hand to ambitious leaders in their quest to reach market dominance. It's time to get uncommon with UncommonPro.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to MarketDominanceGuys.com and subscribe. Subscribe.